Welcome. We are live. Welcome to the Radical Republicans <laughs> show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My name is LaVita Jones, and we have with us our awesome almighty. <laughs> oh, Don, it's, it's breaking you up, Don. You leave it to me? All right. So I'm Don. Messing uh, should be in shortly, and Rome will be back in a little bit. Uh, but uh, how you been doing, V? I've been doing good. It's it's breaking you up just a little bit, but I can hear you though. But it's like breaking you up just a little bit, and it's um um because I'm looking at it from my phone and um YouTube on my computer, and it's just it's just <laughs> chopping up your screen well, and your voice. If just I have, you know, I, uh, I don't see any comments. We getting viewers here tonight. Oh, you breaking up, Don? Let me let me type it. Maybe Don can't Don can't can't hear me. I don't think Don can hear me. But Jerome currently is not able to um, come on the show right as we started because he have a interview that he is also doing at this time. So we are going to take it upon ourselves as his uh, host to help with help him with the show right now. So if you're on YouTube watching us, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us there. As you know, Jerome Bell's page um, is still censored on YouTube. So we're trying to fight that. We're trying to fight that. Um, and, and the way we're fighting that is through use of YouTube and other ways that he's promoting his show. Okay, so it's okay. All right, so next this is where we're at with that okay so today we're actually going to have a topic of censorship so with this topic of censorship let me see i had to get myself a little more like that okay so with this topic of censorship i i actually did it, it must have been meant for me to talk about this in this in detail like i did because jerome asked us um he basically said hey i would really want to address censorship the first amendment due to the fact how his page is censored. Madison page is always censored. Um, Don, uh, he's on like his fifth Twitter account. And then as for me, my page is my, my YouTube video was just taken down because I was talking about the jab, the inoculation. And I gave all information directly from the website of um, of each jab company. But yet they still uh, YouTube still felt like felt like that was. I guess inappropriate and they called they literally called it medical misinformation. So of course I appealed it and I asked you to, you know, can you tell me what about my information is medical misinformation? And basically they just say anything that does not align with who, WHO, right? World Health Organization's information is misinformation. So I said, okay. Right. But I still ask them some more questions behind it. I have to check my email to see if they responded because sometimes they could take up to a day to respond. But let me get into this. Let's let's get into this because I really want to dive deep into what really is censorship and how is the what really how does the First Amendment protect us and who does it apply to? So when we look at this. When we look at censorship, let me read you the First Amendment. I actually have notes for this. Usually I don't make notes. A lot of notes for Jerome's show. I do on my show. And shout out to my show. If you have not caught it, it's called La Vida the Model Jones TV on YouTube. 
It's called Vita D'Amato Jones on Facebook and it streams um, through Periscope. And I know Periscope is no longer a thing, but it kind of streams and it records it and then it just posts to like my Twitter account. I'm really not active on Twitter other than just the postings of my show. So, but if you DM me, I definitely get it. If you uh, Facebook um, DM me, right? Go ahead and let me know who you are before you send a friend request. I'm literally getting so many friend requests. I don't know all, but I'm making sure nobody is trolled. I don't mind accepting. I just don't know who is a troll and who's not. So I look at it. So if you send me a message before you friend me, that's fine. Or when you friend me and say, hey, that's me. I, I like your show. I want to check it out. I know you from Jerome's show, whatever. And then also on YouTube, you can still check me that LaVita the Model Jones TV. What's up, Don is back. Hey, so... I'm on my phone right now, but I'm setting up my computer okay. for, for hardwire. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pop out and pop back in if somebody can let me back in. Okay. All right. I guess Jerome will do it. But yeah. Your link should, once you in, I think the link just keeps allowing you to come back in. So you should be okay. Okay. All Bye. right. Awesome. Okay. Well, while they're doing that, we got it together. Okay. So let's look at this. Censorship, censorship, censorship. What is the First Amendment? This is the First Amendment. The First Amendment prevents the government from making laws which regulate an establishment of religion or that would prohibit the free exercise of religion or abridge the freedom of speech, the freedom of the press, the freedom of assembly or the right to petition the government for redress of grievances. And of course, we know redress means basically just um, some type of compensation or retribution for some pain or you know grievance basically that they have have called caused now what that is doing is prohibiting the government from doing that so how can one get it so how could us you know the people get in trouble for free speech so basically the first first amendment really just um protects the government pre protects you from the government um to deny your speech but no one else it doesn't protect anyone else from denying of speech okay so um if if you ever want to make a issue with your speech being censored or prohibited that is a private matter and when it becomes a private matter then you would have to read the terms and conditions which youtube just um release some new terms and conditions because they emailed them to me so basically the new terms and conditions literally like 48 hours ago the new terms and conditions means whatever they cite and if we agree and keep a channel there basically having a channel there means we agree to the terms and conditions unless we in writing try to combat them okay and it must show how speech is being prohibited or things like that now Something that is not prohibited that the government uh, can is political speech. So political speech is protected by a thing called preferred position. Okay, when we look at preferred position, uh, we let's look at what that is. Preferred position, which means any law or regulation or executive act that limits uh, political speech is almost always struck down by courts. So basically that is saying what? If you are in a political um, if you are giving political speech, no one would, would be able to strike your speech down. No one at all. So if, if you find that happening, you can have redress, uh, restitution for that. Okay. 
Now let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Now let me see. Okay. So now this is the thing. Now let's look at this. Now this was um, the case in point was, I would say the case in point was notated on an actual Supreme Court case called Brandenburg versus Ohio in 1968. And what it did call is it, it just talked about how um, political speech could be protected unless it is inciting or producing imminent action and is likely to produce such action. Now, that means specifically the use of force or let's say if we all wanted to get together to overthrow the government and we were, um, you know, getting together and making speeches about it in the public. So the thing would be to... The, 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 that the government could in, in, interfere with that, but they couldn't if it was political. Now, let's look at this. An, another thing is that that was given, um, it was always um, tried in court again because of the simple fact that the government, it was saying that they might, you know, the government might be overreaching there. It might be overreaching. Don, can you hear? Can you hear us? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yep, yep. I can hear you much better, much better. That connection is much, much, much better. Good. So that's good. That's good, Don. Don is back with us. And I don't know the story on Madison. I don't know if I slipped up and missed um, what happened to Madison. Did you know? No, I, I thought he was going to be here. Oh, uh, so I don't know either. I'm not really sure. But that's okay. That's okay. We're going to hold it down. We love you, Madison. And I know. <coughs> so I was just going over Don, the research I did. <laughs> it must have been meant to happen that I was um, did all this research on censorship. Like I just went all in on the First Amendment and everything. So I was yeah. just citing a Supreme Court case. But I got one more case done and I'm going to let you talk. So the next case is the U.S. versus Shinnick. And it was 1917. And it was only talks about the espionage espionage act which basically means a crime that obstructs the draft or the war the war effort and so um basically it has to present a clear and present danger and the speech can be addressed in that way so um but the government also had too much leeway there so these things were kind of went back and forth through the course on different levels and then another thing that's protected is symbolic speech, which is mostly it could be um, prosecuted in court as vandalism or trespassing. So if we think about that, an uh, example would be like the KKK burning <coughs> a, a, um, a cross on your, on your lawn. So you wouldn't be able to say, hey, stop them from expressing themselves in that way. The way that would literally be prosecuted, persecuted is by vandalism or trespassing. So I just wanted to give like some lawful examples of like what first um, free speech is, what censorship really means and how the First Amendment pertains to that. Um, Don, did you have anything you wanted to add? Well, I think it's kind of funny that we started the show off with censorship and Michael Woods just said Madison is currently censored by his Internet provider. Wow. Uh, Oh, he said he was joking. Sorry. Oh, oh my God. Okay. I was like, oh my God. What? Okay, Michael, you got us. Uh, but no, so if we carry this back and, you know, they, they've censored all along, but they started out really with, with Trump. 
mm-hmm. uh, correct, correct. censoring him. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it was like, oh, he tweets mean stuff. And, you know, he, he, he lies. And this, that, and the other thing. Well, if you remember back in January, before he left office, he was talking about the laboratory in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. And they censored him. They said, no, he's lying. You know, it didn't, it didn't start in a, uh, in a lab in, in Wuhan and they started censoring him. Well, they, they had been censoring him, but they censored him when he brought that up. Mm-hmm. And now here we are fast forward five months, four months. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden Biden is saying, well, you know what? We need a special investigation team to go in and investigate whether the Wu flu started in the, the lab in Wuhan, China. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, par for the course, we expect this from Biden. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to go in and he's going to get this investigation done and they're going to find out, yes, it started in Wuhan and he's going to make it look like he discovered this big, great thing. And, you know, pull the cover off of it. When Trump was doing that in January, they censored him. And the reason they're doing this is because they can't cover it up anymore. It's too late. Fauci has slipped up. There's Mm -hmm. too much evidence out there. And so Mm -hmm. now if you look at it, the headlines today said that Facebook is no longer censoring posts that talk about the Wu flu starting in Wuhan, China. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <clears throat> I, it just, it, it further uh, solidifies the, the fact that they have an agenda. They will do anything they can to protect. And when their agenda is compromised, they're going to make it look like they're the good guy. Correct. Uh, correct. And, and, you know, I mean, I call it the woo flu. I mm-hmm. got people that I know that are like, that's disrespectful. You shouldn't call it the woo flu. Bitch, I had it. <laughs> I had it for three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, yeah, it knocked the wind out of my sails. First two weeks, I felt fine. Felt, you know, I had a fever, couldn't go to work. Third week, I felt like I'd been hit by a Mack truck. The beginning of that fourth week, again, I felt fine, had a temperature. And then I went back to work mm-hmm. and I've been back ever since. Now, the interesting thing in that, and this is being censored too, because you don't see anything about it in the news. Mm-hmm. But those of you that know Mally know that she does her research. She's mm-hmm. been first for 25 years plus, And she does not look at anything but peer reviewed articles. And if you don't mm-hmm. know what a review article is, a peer reviewed article, to my understanding, I may be wrong, but my understanding is that a peer-reviewed article is an article that has been written by a medical professional. It's been mm-hmm. reviewed by other medical professionals mm-hmm. and deemed to be accurate prior to publishing. Correct. Correct. So she finds peer-reviewed articles. Well, I'm trying to figure out how I got coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking I brought it home from work because two days prior to me coming home for the last time. <coughs> I'm in the restroom at work and I'm washing my hands and there's somebody in the stall. Sounds like they're dumping five gallons of rocks in a 10 gallon bucket of water. 
Wow. And that happened two days in a row. So I'm thinking, okay, I got it from somebody that's sick and I touched the sink and I brought it home to my family. Right, well, right, right. You know, nobody else at work had been sick. Mm-hmm. Nobody else at work was out while I was out. So right. I was like, how the hell did I get it? While we were home, Mally's doing her research and she comes up with virus shedding. Oh, yes. Correct. For those people that don't know what virus shedding is, they're saying mm-hmm. that if you had the mRNA shot, which mm-hmm. is the Pfizer or the Moderna, mm-hmm. you're shedding the virus to those around you. And if those around you have been vaccinated, they're good. If they mm-hmm. haven't been vaccinated, they're catching COVID from you. So mm-hmm. great guy, you know, I'd follow him anywhere in the world. And, but I can reach out if I'm sitting at my desk, I can reach out with my right hand and punch my boss in the back of his head because oh, his wow. desk sits where he's got his back to me and he's that close. I can touch him. Well, guess mm-hmm. what he had? He had, well, the, oh, he had it. or no, oh, he, he had, had the shot. 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 Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I'm, we can, I'm we in the office. Don't say use the word. They have flagged the video. Now, <laughs> so, so yeah. Mally and I haven't been wearing masks on a regular basis. We haven't been social distancing on a regular basis. We've lived our lives through this whole thing. You know, right. the first couple of weeks when we weren't sure what it was, yeah, we took precautions. Once we figured out it was bullshit, we went on about our lives and we've been going on about our lives ever since. I find it funny that we're fine through all that, even when it was supposedly at its worst. And now all of a sudden, sudden, we're getting sick. We're getting sick. While Mm -hmm. I'm in the room every day with four other people, four other people that have had the Pfizer vaccine. vaccine. Mm -hmm. You tell me. You tell me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I that's the video literally that uh YouTube took down saying it violated who anything that go against what who is saying is medical misinformation. That's why my video was taken down. But I talked about that there and I was like, I need to do another one. Okay, I, I'll just simply watch the words that I use, but it's it totally um shedding, so we could call that shedding, shot shedding from the shot transmission. So we can literally, it's scientific studies being done on this, being traced through um, through the VAERS website <laughs> when the scientists are going on there reviewing patterns, you know, to say, hey, what is happening? But what they find is in, in the people that haven't took the shot is seeing, especially in women, excessive bleeding, bleeding that won't stop, even in postmenopausal and even really small children pre-puberty. So they're like, what is, how is this happening? And they said, are you, have you been around people that's been inoculated? And they're like, yes. And so that spike protein is being transmitted, you know, in close proximities. So um, it's still some studies on it. The long-term effects have not been completely, you know, of course, discovered because we're still in the clinical trial and the clinical trial are the people. It's the people. So um, that's taking the shot. So. And then also the Washington Post has posted a whole article saying that Dr. Falsi totally had 100% knowledge and funded gain of function research, which means right. take the regular flu and make it deadly. 
Okay, how to make something worse and affect humans. They have all, and um, Rand Paul had, you know, t uh, had him testify before Congress, but it all came out, he was lying. And and people, I remember back in 2020 was making these correlations and saying, this Dr. Fox, he just isn't great because it's such a conflict of interest. He's like, you know, he co-founded Moderna. Yep. He's on the board of the CDC. <laughs> He's uh, co-founded the NIH. So it is so many conflicts of interest. <clears throat> and it's like, how are we only listening to a man who has financial interest and in this, you know, shot going to the mass market quickly? So right. um, now, now, everything you're saying is absolutely correct. So he lying. I don't know why we, why do people even believe in him? To, to back that up, he has been touted as the end all be all when it comes to, right. when it comes to uh, you know, being knowledgeable about being this knowledgeable stuff. About this stuff. Mm -hmm. People are following him People like he's Christ. Christ. Mm -hmm. Now, you tell me, you tell me what would have happened. What would have happened if Trump if owned the company, company and they created a, a they created a, 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 a company? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He had um they would have and and the fact that he was pushing hydrochloroquine they did some research and found oh he bought shares in that but that was for the cure just ivermectin and everything else and you see they went out their way these big pharma went out their way to make that unavailable or that it could not be prescribed so even though he was pushing for a cure they didn't even want that cure to be put out so it's just um it just doesn't even make logical sense. And and um, and also the interview with Rand Paul. So these are all public things people can look up. Look at the recent uh, article by the Washington Post talked about how Dr. Fauci lied and he admitted it and it was proven that the money and also Rand Paul, when he interviewed him, how he talked about uh, how Dr. Fauci was there lying. And he's like, we sent, you know, a hundred million dollars to uh you know to fund this research all the time what do you mean you didn't know that this what they were doing because if you're funding something you're not going to know every single thing maybe every step of the way as they're doing it but you're going to find out at least midway or once it's completed so right. that means it was funded right. and this is why donald trump pulled the funding and when biden got back in office he reinstituted re the funding for the cdc and the world health organization mm -hmm. so I mean, Andy, you follow the money. Andy, yep. Annie, we're aware Andy, of, we're the aware echo. of the echo. Uh, I'm not sure why not it's doing sure it. Why it's doing it. Uh, everything, oh, it's echo? Everything, yeah, everything's set up the way. Set up the way. I think, I think Vita, let's try, Vita, when, let's try when one of us is talking, us, the other one mute their mic. Because I, I think what they're hearing is me coming through your speakers. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, and and you know they've Rand Paul is the one that started the call in the Senate to get rid of Fauci, um, and that's just happened in the last couple of days. Um, I, I know that there was uh, when when he put forth the bill to stop the funding to China. Uh, it was a unanimous, unanimous vote, and he received a standing ovation on the Senate floor. So as much as they dislike Rand Paul, 
I'm hoping that this is indicative that uh, the Democrats are coming around a little bit at least, um, or at least they hate China enough that they don't want to give them any money. I don't think they like Rand Paul any better than they did, but at least they hate China. Um, and, you know, I mean, that's, that's a whole other story. You know, Mally and I were talking earlier about how, uh, or no, it wasn't Mally and I, it was a, a friend of mine and I were talking earlier and we said, uh, you know, I told him, I said, you know, you look at, at the things they got rid of Trump because they didn't like him because he didn't speak their language. He was mean. He was an asshole. He was rough around the edges. You know, uh, I'm sorry, but in, in this day and time, I mean, we were good there for four years, but at the time he came into office and right now, an asshole is what we needed because we needed somebody that was going to walk in, slap it out on the table and say, y'all need to knock it off. So you look at the turmoil in the Middle East starting back up. You look at China starting to, you know, bow up on us. You look at North Korea starting to bow up on us. Russia has told us to keep our nose out of their business. You know, they'd have never done that with Trump in office. And the reason they wouldn't have done it with Trump in office is because what he do when there was a serious issue in Afghanistan, other than, you know, normal everyday activities in Afghanistan, he used that damn bunker buster on them and he laid their asses out and they knew we pushed this guy too far and it's over. So they can push Biden around. Biden's going to him haul around. He's going to do just like his, you know, his, uh, his former boss did. And he's going to draw a red line in the sand. And then when they step across it, he's going to back up and draw another red line in the sand. And then they'll step across that one. And they're going to keep doing it. I ain't going to say they'll keep doing it till we're speaking Chinese. But by God, they're, they're going to keep doing it till there's a fight on our, on our soil. Yes, absolutely. And I see this comment from Miss Annie that says, now you know why Barry and Honey Sherman are paying Canada were murdered in 2018. They own Apotex, Canada's largest pharmaceutical company that had the patent on hydroxychloroquine. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't even know that. Okay, thank you, Miss Annie. Miss Annie, you <laughs> Miss Annie, stay in life. Thank you for even sharing your enlightenment here. So, uh, yeah, and then Michael Wood said, No money is in the cure. Correct, it's not, it's not. So the money isn't keeping people sick. That is the whole medical establishment period. So, I mean, we, we have to realize that most of these, most American institutions right now that is funded through the government is bought and paid, just plain and simple. It's not for the people anymore. So I, I just want, my, my hope is that all of us in mass numbers really wake up. And I think it's more and more people more and more of us that's waking up every day and to realize that, you know, from masks to the shot to the closing of the economy and just, you know, certain laws and things that's in place are just totally unserves the people of their rights. So this is like really important to, to understand because I mean, once somebody get that shot, it's almost like no, I don't know if it's any help for them after that point, because it literally destroys female. It's saying that the bleeding is happening because it's destroying 
like the female ovaries. So, okay, so this is what um, Dr. Lee Mary said, a woman that I watched that video. She said that with the shutting and also those who take the vax is that it attacks the female organ, I mean, um, ovaries. So if it's doing that, we know that a female, a woman is born a girl when she's born. She's born with all the ovaries she'll have. There's no such thing as getting additional ovaries. All the ovaries that you have from birth to death is what you are born with. So if they're attacked on any level, it, that's just it you won't have anymore. So um, basically it's the same thing that she said is when you you know how you may have mice or roaches or bugs and you put those little uh, combat things down and they go through them, like they go through them, get poison on them and they take it back and infect the whole herd. So she says this is the same thing that's happening with these um, shots and this is how it's shedding and spreading and and it could go on um they said they really don't know how far it reaches you know but right now it's still under investigation due to the fact you know that i'm only it's only three or four months in a year where they can get the information the the results so i mean until uh, this long-term study is not some of the some of those companies said the long-term their clinical trials won't even end until 2024 so we're only in 2021 so that's like like three whole more years like so it's like horrible so I another just, thing that uh another thing that um we were reading last week i think earlier this week or late last week there was a doctor that came out on video and he said that the side effects that are coming about because of this shot uh, would cause the people who took it to be dead within five years. Now that sounds a little far fetched, you know, it's hard for even somebody like us to believe when we're, you know, that that's not, it wouldn't be surprising to us uh, because of our mindset, but it, it even sounds a little far-fetched to us, but then you dig a little deeper. Who pushed this thing? Bill Gates. What is Bill Gates the biggest proponent on the planet of? Population control. What is the best way to control the population? Get rid of a bunch of people at once and alter the reproductive abilities of the ones that are still here and who you're going to have left. You're going to have the elites. Well, here's the, the problem with their plan. If the elites are the only ones left, who's going to pick up the trash? Who's going to plant the food? Who's going to pick the food? Who's going to cook the food? They're not going to do it. They're too good to do it. So they look at the they look at the lower level white collar the blue collar workers that like they're, they're dirt, but they don't realize that they need us. Now I, I'm no longer blue collar. Thank the Lord, but I'm not by any means CEO of a corporation or anything like that. They see me in the same light that they see the, the person that they have the lowest opinion of because we're not them. So they won't, they won't care one minute 
or, or one little bit that all of us were gone until they have to do what we do. Uh, I told I totally agree with you on that, Don, because now this is the thing. Now, Don is not just making this up. This is Bill, out of Bill Gates' own mouth, and he said it in a uh, 2012, I think, TED Talk. I know it was a TED Talk, and just in case of the year's wrong, just research Bill Gates' TED Talk, and it will come up. He said this, um, that to reduce the population, we need to reduce um uh, to make sure the population doesn't go from about seven, eight billion to nine or to 12 billion. He's saying that the number one way to do that is through healthcare, um, uh, reproductive healthcare, and then also the shots. So he funds everything, the, the World Health Organization, the CDC, He's helping develop these. He put money toward, you know, the government putting it out. So anything that has to do with this, he's behind it in one way, shape, or form or another. So, and it's not just him. It is, and when we even think about Agenda 21, I think that is, Agenda 21, it talks about how uh, like 168 countries were in agreement that the population should be reduced and only oh so many people should be here to do what like that keep up keep up the garbage and da 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 that's it we should only have a population that works now like don said who's going to plant the food and all that well Brill gates is the third largest uh, farm land owner in the world so or i think in america i know he like the third largest might be america and also he wants to black out the sun so you know, these people are getting beside themselves. He's the face of it. I know he, absolutely he's not working alone, but this is the type of research that just plain and simple needs to be done so that we as people can make informed decisions. And and even um, like you're saying, uh, these, um, his, his health, reproductive health vax that he was putting out in other countries such as India and Africa, they did studies on those and they brought suits against him suit lawsuits against him called crimes against humanity because so many of those children became paralyzed or either handicapped disabled and also were not able to reproduce and the studies that africa done under the countries there that you know and this was from the tetanus shot they said that this due to their science you know looking into it investigating it said that basically it was not for tetanus really but it was for more source uh ingredients that were sterilized so he has been since day one putting forth programs and funding money and getting it a damn computer programmer now this is a damn computer programmer acting as if he's a doctor and saying put these ingredients in your body so if you if you check the receipts it's not a good right so let me you touched on a couple things i want to hit there but first off, let me answer my lovely wife's question. Help me understand what degree he has in the medical realm. The truth is Bill Gates has the same medical degree and I ain't bragging, but he's got the same medical degree I do, which is two less than Mary has. So it, it, that ain't hitting on much. Now, the other things you touched on, um, Agenda 21, and if there's anybody that I think everybody does by now, but if there's anybody out there that does not know what agenda 21 is, 
all the the leaders and the countries came together and they signed this this UN agenda and what they it's uh basically the way they sold it was from a green standpoint um and it's reforestation so they're trying to take the entire populations and force them into the cities and i can't remember the name of the show uh mary can help me out if she remembers it but there was there was a uh, a show that was futuristic and it was it, it kind of reminded me of of uh uh, the Walking Dead, but the you know the zombies, big deal. So this was government funded, and what they did, they brought the people into the cities. They gave you a job. If you were going to work on the railroad, then you worked on the railroad, whether you wanted to or not. If you were going to break rocks for a living, you broke rocks for a living, like it or not. The kids went to school by teachers that the government chose. Um, and it's it's a lot like that freaking you know that freaking show. Um, everything was grown up. You'd see the houses, you'd see the shopping malls, and everything else. But there'd be trees growing up through the middle of the house because of reforestation. And they sold it from a green standpoint to the people like the AOCs and the Rashida Tlaibs that want to save the planet even though you know china is the world's largest producer of carbon monoxide but yet we're the bad guys nah i ain't buying it so the book there's a book out there that i'd suggest everybody read and it's by rosa rosa something i can't remember her last name but it's called behind the green mask UN Agenda 21. And this lady was a councilwoman in California. She had just moved into this uh, this community and she was a, an author and she was well known. And so they asked her to run for city council. So she ran for city council. Um, when she got elected, they told her uh, <clears throat> you know, they said, Hey, look, we're having a vote tonight. D don't worry about, you know, you don't have the background and stuff, but don't worry about it. Just vote. Yes. And she, or it wasn't that night. I'm sorry. It was like in a month. And she was like, Oh, hell no, I'm gonna research it. So she starts researching what they were voting on was a list of properties that were going to be corn or, uh, what do they call it? Um, not quarantined, but, uh, um, shoot, I can't think of the word, but it, yeah, Rosa Curie. Uh, um, so they were they were going to take these these buildings and put them off. I'm drawing a blank, but they were going to put them off limits. Uh, so they were basically uh, saying you can't occupy these buildings, you can't go in these buildings, you can't do anything with these buildings. So she starts looking. And she's flipping through the pages and she'd go to these addresses and look, and they looked like perfectly fine buildings. Some of them were houses, some of them were buildings or uh, businesses, and they were fine. So she decides to skip forward a few pages and she goes and visits a few more. Same thing. They looked fine. Nothing wrong with them. And condemned. That's what I was thinking of. Condemned. 
So they wanted to condemn all these buildings. So she skips to the back of the, the, the booklet full of addresses. And guess what she finds? She finds the address of the house that she had bought like six weeks earlier. So she bought a house and it's on this list and they wanted to condemn it. And she knew because she had just bought the house, had inspections, everything. There's nothing wrong with the house. So that's when she realized what they were doing. And she started researching Agenda 21, figured out what it was. In her little biography, in the back of the book where it tells you about the author, she said, I am a lifelong Democrat. I am a lifelong resident of the state of California. I'm a lesbian. I'm married to a woman but this is some bullshit and it's right there in the book for everybody to see. And so if, you know, if you've got a lifelong Democrat who's in a same sex relationship saying it's bullshit and it's part of the democratic agenda, it's probably bullshit. And then you get into other, and I, man, I could go on about this stuff all day long. You, you know, you want to see who's behind all this shit, go in and Google the Bilderberg group, figure out who the hell they are. Because the, there's they invited Trump one year, I think, and they never invited him back. But Bill Gates has been there. Hillary Clinton's been there. Bill Clinton's been there. Jimmy Carter was there. And it's a vetting ground. It's businessmen and world leaders from across the globe and they get together once a year and it, it, it's a vetting ground for the future leaders. Bill Clinton went when he was the governor of Arkansas before he became president, he became president. Hillary Clinton went after Bill had been voted out or had left office and all of a sudden she's secretary of state. Uh, you know, all these, all these world leaders that are new up and coming, the greatest thing since sliced bread for the Democrats, pretty much. Now there've been some Republicans there too, but most of them have been Democrats. They show up on the invite list for the Bilderberg group. The Bilderberg group will issue a, uh, an agenda every year and they'll tell you what they're going to talk about, but they won't discuss how they talked about it. And they discuss everything from politics to business, to healthcare, to finances. They discuss all of it. And these are the people pulling the strings behind the scenes, it, which is why you end up with people saying stupid shit like Barack Obama did and like Joe Biden is. I think Joe Biden's saying stupid shit because he's stupid, but these are the guys pulling the strings. So look them up. It's called the Bilderberg group and they meet once a year. Go ahead, Levina. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think they meet on Jekyll Island and um, it's definitely, um, they have been exposed as documentaries about them. I, um, I'm totally aware of them. I will also say that the Bilderberg group is solely represented by mostly elite families. We have to understand, I understand we want to support the single mama and we want to support 
gay people and all this, and I'm not saying anything about anybody individually particularly, but I just want to say this. Who ruled this world is not single people or anything that is not solid in foundation of family. This is what we must understand. Family is the cornerstone of the community and the community um, draws on the back of what builds a nation. Okay. And this is where you can have finances and business and institutions built and all that. So this is what mostly I would say our melanated people need to understand that if it's not about family, you really going to be asked out. That's just period. That's just what it is. Okay, here are some more groups that you should look up. It's Bilderberg Group, Council on Foreign Relations, Skull and Bones, the Illuminati, the Jesuits, the Vatican. All these things are elite families, okay? Families, families on one another. And not to say all of them get along, all of Sometimes they beef against one another, but that's what the Bilderberg Council was developed so they can come together and say, how can we not beef on each other and you know choose the beef which is everyone else but our families and and still push forth with our agendas so that's what it is and this is i talked about this in another show i did on my show where i talked about these people are literally everywhere which means what ages for them they pay top dollar for ages which is um what what, what they call them at first they were um COVID tracers that's, that's the newest term, but they have been tracing and infiltrating and informing and aging since day one. So we can live next to, live in the same house, live right down the street, go to work, go to school, go to church with these people who is literally getting paid to put in information about you, what you're doing and everything. And we sing this blow up to the biggest it have ever been on the forefront of the media because the media never covers this, is through COVID choices. And look how much they were offering. This was like a 60 a sixty, eighty thousand dollar a year job, so that salary is very appealing, especially in a time where everybody was filing unemployment. So if you could sit home from your computer and be a COVID tracer and and basically just snitching on everybody and tracking everything through apps and telling people what they can and can't do and if they took their temperature today or not, then um, this is important. So we we really need to understand that this is not a game. And people have plans and they plan this stuff out of 100 to 200 years in advance. If, so if you get if you live in an area where they have not done away with the mask mandates or if they reinstitute the mask mandates where you live. Try this test. Walk in Lowe's home improvement without a mask on. Ain't nobody going to say nothing to you. They're not going to they're not going to tell you, hey, put a mask on. They're not going to ask you politely to put a mask on. They're going to let you go. Go to the checkout counter, pay your bill and then look at the guy standing beside the door. He's got a calculator or something similar in his hand. And as you walk past him, he says, have a good day. And he punches a number in then wait till the next day or a couple hours or whatever, put a mask on, go in Lowe's home improvement, get you something else, go to the cash register, check out, walk right past that same person. He won't put a number in that machine. If you've got a mask on, they're counting who's wearing a mask and who's not. So, and with all the, with all the damn, uh, 
you know, surveillance equipment in society today. I mean, how do they catch criminals half the time? Somebody got them on camera. How do they, you know, how did they see, you know, the big picture of all these crimes that are happening? Somebody got it on camera. How do they know that Dobro went to the bank yesterday? Banks got it on camera. So if they're putting a number in and they've got it on camera that you're in there not wearing a mask, they know who you are. And sooner or later, they're going to try to do something about it. But at the end of the day, they're going to try to do something about it with the wrong group of motherfuckers. Duh. Wow. That's what I'm talking about, Duh. That's what I'm talking about, Duh. I didn't know that. You, you know I don't wear my mask ever, right? So and even they put me off. Uh, I did wear it on the plane, and they wanted to kick me off because they did. They stopped the plane an hour and a half. I had to. I was coming through Chicago, coming back. Uh, my point was in Chicago, but that was the transfer point. And just because I didn't have it over my nose, four police, four Chicago police officers called on me. They didn't touch me, though. The the uh, the plane stopped, set that hour and a half, did not leave the runway. Everything shut down. The plane supposed to shut it down, shut it down, just because I did not put that mask over my nose. I told that lady I got a disability. I could not keep a mask over my nose for two hours. She did not care. You didn't tell us this beforehand. I said, I'm telling you now, go put it in your computer, get out of here. They didn't want to hear that. So I got like, I'm going to go into it, into it with them. But it just goes to show that this is a big deal and they do who who complies and who not. So the fact that you said that, uh, I noticed that, you know, because all the stores I go into, only kind of the small, small businesses may say something, but those big stores, the Walmarts, the family, all they don't say nothing. People are like, you can't go anywhere. No, these people actually don't say anything. I knew that people were at the door. I know at like Walmart, they're checking you as you come in. I didn't know if they're checking when you come out, you know? So it's it's really good to know that, that you know that to share that today because um, I personally don't really go to Lowe's, but just to really know that it's like, <sighs> okay. So they, they have people that are just tracking <laughs> yeah. who's compliant and who's not. And it's not that many because everywhere I go, I'm probably the only, like people are looking at me crazy and I'm just walking around like, what's wrong with you? It ain't me. Like I'm in healthcare. I know how unhealthy that is. Right. So, but thank so, you, Don. And so Terry, I'm glad you came back and told us where you live, Terry, because uh, they, you know, uh, Florida's been the place to be for a while now. And, you know, I've got friends that went to Florida and they stop at a gas station and people look like them, like, at them like they're idiots because North Carolina has a mask mandate or had. I think he lifted it altogether now. But so North Carolina had the mask mandate. Friends from North Carolina go down to Florida. You know, it's second nature by now. And that's what they wanted it to be. They wanted it to be, hey, you know what? You get out of your car, you grab your mask, you put it on. And they walk into a gas station. Everybody in Florida is looking at them like they're an idiot because they're the only person in there with a mask on. But, you know, and, and it, Mary's good and she's getting better. But there are still times when I'll say, do you see that? And she's like, see what? And I'll tell her and she'll be like, I, I don't see how you notice stuff like that. 
because, you know, my entire adult career has been based on situational awareness. So, you know, and, and she, you ain't going to get nothing past her nowadays uh, because she sees everything just like I see everything. <laughs> I know that's right. Now. I'm glad I'm on the show with you so you can give me some, but I knew that's military, honey. That is military all day, every day to recognize any any color and color in something, to recognize the minutest of something, anything that could possibly be a threat or, you know, how to escape a situation. And let me say, I have to say that my situation awareness did not come because I did not spend one day in the military. But man, just came from growing up in Chicago and you better be on point or you might not you might not leave alive. So you better be, you better have a head on a swivel. Had a head on a swivel. <laughs> yeah, uh and we talked about this a while back, but uh I was following Mary to work <coughs> and uh she was, you know, his new, new place of employment for her. She was trying to find the different routes to get there. So I said, well, I normally go this way. So go down this highway, stay in front of me. I'll tell you when to turn. And so we were doing that. I was right behind her. Of course, you know, two big Jeeps, you know, people cut you off and don't think twice about it, but it just was out of the ordinary. We came up to a place where it merged, um, you know, one road's going straight and the other road kind of comes in from the side. And I told her, I said, watch out up here because people will cut you off trying to go across four lanes of traffic to turn left right in front of you. And because as soon as they merge, there's a light there. So people coming from the right would merge over and try to turn left at that very next light. So I'm telling her, be careful when you get up there. Well, I'm driving along and I'm in a lane. I got my place. I'm right behind Mary. And here come this car. And it was a little Honda Civic. And it, it they, she was trying to push me out of my lane so she could get where I was. And I looked over at her. She saw me. She looked at me like, and she just kept coming. I'm like, number one, this big thing would tear your car all to hell. And number two, I ain't moving out of the way. Uh, and because there was nothing behind me, she could have slowed down and got behind me with no issues. I was simply going with traffic. So we're driving along. And so finally there was a gap between Mary and I. So, uh, or no, I'm sorry. She got behind me. Um, and let's see. No, I got behind her first. So I'm behind her. She's between me and Mary. She brake checks me. So when she brake checks me, I had to, I mean, I had to slam on my brakes enough that it sent my go bag that was in my passenger seat into the floor. Well, the problem is my pistol was sitting underneath it. So my pistol goes in the floor. I got no choice but to keep driving. So I'm still driving. And she brake checks me a second time. I back off. Next thing I know, she's getting over, back over in the right-hand lane. And I go to go around her and get back up behind Mary. I look over, and this bitch is waving a 1911 out the window, pointing it at me. And 
I don't know what she expected, but she apparently did not expect me to roll my window down and say, bring it because she put the gun down and took off. So I called the cops and I gave them every detail. They were like, I mean, I had the license plate number, the car make model and year of the car, the description of her. And I said, and she was waving a 1911 at me. And the police officer was like, what's a 1911? I said, it's the type pistol she was using. She said, how do you know it was a 1911? I said, ma'am, I've been using a 1911 25 years. It was a 1911. 45 caliber. Couldn't tell if it was a Colt, Remington, or what, but it was a 1911 in 45 caliber. And she was waving it out the window at me. Well, she wasn't going to use it because if she was going to use it, she'd have shot me when I said bring it instead of putting it down and taking off. I don't know if they ever caught her or not, but I did report it. And, and But that's the kind of stupid shit you got to watch out for because you never know what the people around you are going to do. I, I'll be walking through Walmart and I'll be like, okay, that guy looks shady and he's got a gun on his hip. How you know he's got a gun on his hip? Look at his shirt. If Even if he's wearing a baggy shirt, he's going to move at some point where you can see where it presents. And, you know, it, to anybody that's in here listening, if you're not there, get there. Because in today's age, you got to be aware of your surroundings. <laughs> Don, that damn lady must, I don't know what she thought playing with her life like that. <laughs> she, she crazy. Even the fact that she didn't even know your background is one thing, but I know, you know, just being military, not even past the fact that you, you know, are very trained in firearm use. It's like, how do you know that? And who the hell just got so much want to take over the role so bad that you have to show your gun? and not do something with it and that's how i know she wasn't gonna shoot you because she if she wanted to shoot she would have that's how you would have knew she had a gun because it would have been uh she would have been you know shooting it as opposed to just brandishing it so um she is crazy she is putting a lease on her life with that i don't even know why she would do that especially as a woman honey like girl go sit down you don't just wave guns and men face i don't know what the hell is wrong with women today that they are that damn crazy that they think they could not only overtake a man in a vehicle bigger than theirs but also show off their firearm like <laughs> like you punk you uh you know bow down to me like she is crazy so um you damn right with situation awareness that's how i'd be looking at everything and just because you just have to you have to you have to you have to so sometimes i even think people gonna like the vaccine that the people that who won't get these shots i be thinking they're gonna send people out to like bump into you and shoot it at you i'll be thinking all type of shit so let me address what emily said uh emily i don't when i say somebody looks shady it's not the way they're dressed it's not their haircut it's not whether or not they got purple hair it's it's based on their actions and so if you carry yourself in a way that's shady, then you could look like the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Again, if you look like what some people think is shady, but you carry yourself in a certain way, that there's no there's no red flag that goes off, and it's all about 
it's all about being able to read people's body movements, being able to read. I mean, I, I, I've met people and five minutes later, I knew what their character was. I knew what their morals and ethics were. So I spent time in recruiting for a while and there was two people in seven years that I refused to put in the military. One of them came into my office. He was perfectly qualified. I could have put him in. He was prior service, so he didn't have to go to training again or anything like that. Something told me in my gut not to put him in. So I didn't put him in. I told him, look, man, I'm sorry, but I, you know, I can't help you. If, if you want to go see another recruiter, you're welcome to, but, but I can't help you. I, I just can't do it. So he ended up not going to see another recruiter. He ended up not getting in, but about a year later, I saw him on the news and I turned the volume up to see what had happened. And I knew the story because I had heard it on the news and he had since been captured. Uh, there was a, uh, a man who went home, had his 12 year old daughter in the car, went home, went inside with the daughter, came back out, put some bags in the back of the car, left without the 12 year old daughter. Mother comes home from work, goes in the house, finds 12 year old daughter decapitated in the hallway. That was him. And I read him. Second guy, he was twins. His brother wanted to join the military, but he wouldn't do it unless his twin brother could join. I didn't, I didn't get a good read from the twin brother. And I was, I was really conflicted about whether or not I wanted the one guy to join enough to put the other guy in. Well, in the process of trying to decide what to do, the one that was, yeah, right, Michael. So the one guy that was good to go was in a real bad car accident and he broke about 80% of the bones in his body, which of course disqualified him from military service. His brother still wanted to join. I told him, nah, I can't, I can't do it. I'm not going to put you in and, you know, it is what it is. Three years later, I see him on TV. Turn it up to find out what he did. There was a guy working at the, or a lady that worked at the local Walmart. And that's where this guy uh, worked. Her husband was Air Force. He had been deployed. He came home from deployment and two people tried to kill him presumably because he had a $500,000 life insurance policy that she wanted to get her hands on. They captured the two guys, put them in jail. He was one of them. I read him. So I don't mean to offend you by saying, you know, the guy looked shady, but it had a lot more to do with actions and the way body movements than it did the way somebody looks. So, Hope I didn't offend you. There's my explanation. And I'm done. Wait. I hold on though. I just gotta ask you, come back in. I need to know the race because decapitation. Oh, hold on. Killing people for life insurance is murder for hire. White women do a lot of that. Hiring somebody to they number one in contract. Like white men are number one in serial killer. Not to make this a race thing, but I just want to know for that one. 
Okay, so the guy that decapitated his daughter was white. Um, the lady who hired the two kids to uh, off her husband was white. And the two kids she hired to do it were black, low income. She was going to give them part of the money. I know when you were telling the story, I look, I've watched a lot of crime shows, like literally murder shows on TV, just so I can start to build what you're saying is situation awareness, but also who is likely to do what based on gender. Because I need to know, because sometimes women are put in lights where they're not violent, but they would all, but, but they still agree to do things kind of indirectly. And so when they ran the statistics down, I said, okay, so I need to understand <laughs> just so I can have an idea. I don't know, mean to be racial, but it's just, it, you got to be aware. So that's why I asked that. I said, let me see what the race was of these to see if I was right. And you didn't say race one time. Even when you said shady, you did not say race about anything and a, a lot of times people not to say nobody in this chat but just people just generally jump to oh why because they were this or they were that but it's like you you do have to read that i call it reading energy too because if you just stare at somebody too long and they they feel like what you looking at it's like you i feel something off you you gonna be on some bullshit i feel the bullshit coming over here <laughs> so Emily, I'm glad I didn't offend you, but I'll just let you know that three of my favorite things in the world are black coffee, 90 gangster rap, 90s gangster rap, and golf clubs. So I'm a pretty conflicted guy. Look at look at you, Don. So Don like 90s gangster rap. Okay, so that means you like boys boys in the hood. You like, uh, who else was in the night? Tupac. You like all, most of the artists from Death Row Records, Suge Knight, Dr. Dre, Easy E, Boys in the Hood, all them. You like those artists? Uh, Look, it may be, it may be, uh, it may have, I can't remember. Uh, I think it was 91, but one of my favorite albums of all times is, uh, the enemy strikes black. <laughs> and let me see who else. Uh, public enemy. I'm trying to see who else was in the '90s. You like like yep, I like them too. So yeah, the, yeah, the enemy strikes black was public enemy, and uh, they and they did some really good stuff with uh, with uh, uh, anthrax which is a like a, a thrash metal band um ice t uh you know og um and he did it he actually did a heavy metal album uh with uh body count it was his band um and so i listened to all that stuff and you know you ain't never gonna beat cypress hill <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Don, Don, I gotta go. I be, I like learning stuff about y'all. Okay, Don, you, you like, you like cool on another level, cool. Like you know what's up. I know that's right. Cause a lot of that rap really was political, and that's when hip hop moved into um, the political. It was like a political way to to fight back against the um, injustices uh, through the music. So. Um, 
Yeah, I like that. But that's also the time when the FBI started to infiltrate hip hop and a lot of them people's agents <laughs> just used to incite the violence and take it from, you know, actual peaceful and, and, and just using rap for the betterment and, and to like just, you know, just permanently hurting your neighborhood and killing each other and all that. But I feel you, though. I feel now, now, don't get me wrong. The time I grew up in, I can throw some Sugar Hill Gang in there, too. Okay, they song still is uh that's I think that was the number one song that had went mainstream in reference to rap hip hop, and it's still I don't I don't know if that record's been crashed, but it was the first mainstream song that uh went uh like I think platinum for for hip hop and rap. So yeah, as it used that beat um good times dun dun. Yeah, these are the good time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay, Don knows something. That's what's up, Don. <laughs> Tell people stop playing. Look, did you have that 90s rap playing when that lady upped her strap? <laughs> no, I think I was listening to uh I, I can't remember. I think I was listening to Metallica when that happened. So that, that might have been part of the problem. <laughs> Look, the only song I remember from Metallica that we kind of was like it was Is It Rain? Called Rain? Say it again. Metallica Rain. Oh, I, I said the group Metallica, did they make a song called Rain? No, okay, they, I must think I was. They're <laughs> they they're the group that, uh, and man, this, I tell you what, the Don and Levita show is all over the place tonight. But so Metallica was the first heavy metal band ever to, to uh, win a Grammy. Um, and of course, all the other heavy metal bands said they sold out because they made it big. But um, I mean, they put out probably five, six albums before the Black Album came out, which is the one they got the Grammy for. But in you know, if uh, Emily may know about this, she said you can't go wrong with Metallica. If any of, them, of you out there are Metallica fans, or if you're not. The ones, the albums you need to check out is called Metallica S&M and Metallica S&M 2. And what they are, it's Metallica playing with the San Francisco Philharmonic Orchestra. And the lead singer, James Hetfield, did an interview. And uh, the, the person, Michael Kamen, who was the conductor of the San Francisco uh, Orchestra, was in the interview as well. And the guy looked at, at uh, James Hetfield, the lead singer of Metallica, and said, what made you decide to uh, do an album with San Francisco, uh, with the San Francisco Orchestra? And he looked at him and said, uh, no, nah, nah, they, they called us. <laughs> and Michael Kamen was like, yep, I wanted to do an album with Metallica. So, if you like that kind of music or even if you don't like that, it's totally different and amazing 
when they've got a full orchestra behind them. Look, and I'm going to tell you, I, I know that I, I grew up as a tomboy for most of my life and I did like hip hop. I'm not as much into rap as I am the, the, the hip hop category when it was just real good music. Um, but I am from Chicago and in Chicago, we took frail trips a lot when I was going through school and we will always go to the Chicago, listen to the Chicago Symphony Orchestra. When I say I would just be in heaven, like all these instruments and just the sound. So I have always liked live music, but it's still for me going to listen to the Chicago Symphony Orchestra and still to this day, that type of music, like classical is like still one of my favorite, favorite mu music groups. Yep. So, you know, we got, uh, Emily and Annie in here talking about favorite songs and Terry bringing up nothing else matters. Uh, probably my favorite song by them is uh, No Leaf Clover. And if you get a chance, go on YouTube and look at No Leaf Clover uh, off of S&M. Make sure you put off of S&M in there because that song is phenomenal with the orchestra in the background. And Vita, since you're from Chicago, I'll throw you another piece. This is like music trivia with Don Knight, right? So here's a piece of trivia for you. Uh, and it, it was, I can't remember how many years ago it was, but um, so there was a group that named themselves the Ch Chicago Transit Authority. And they put out an album and they got a call from the actual Chicago Transit Authority and said, hey, you can't use that name. And we're going to file a lawsuit against you if you don't change your name. So they changed their name to Chicago and that's what we have today. Oh, wow. I never knew that. I never knew that. And when you said that, I was thinking like the bus line, <laughs> the bus and the train line, because it is, we call it the CTA and the train for short, we call it the L. Uh, I don't know where that word come from, but you know, we say that for, for the train, but uh, I never heard of that group. I never heard, or if I heard that music, I don't know. Can, can you tell me what they sung might sound like that? I might've heard it cause I'm into old. So you've heard of Chicago. Um, uh, and I, look, the worst thing in the world for me, the, the, thing to give me the most anxiety in the world is singing in public but they said saturday in the park i think it was the fourth of july so that's the best i can do yeah i remember you know why i remember because it's sample for commercials that's why i know it <laughs> not even not even for the music because that's that's like sampled on multiple commercials okay yeah that's cool okay dad that's what I'm talking about. And, and I, I just like Don. Don, my homie. Look, I had the uh, Protect Don. And it went, when, that, when that post went to about 300, 300 comments, they were trying to come for Don. Talk about <laughs> when he was like, uh, LaVita, sis, don't worry about it. They like, sis, sis. <laughs> they, they was mad as a bitch. <laughs> I was like, yes, that's my bro right there. He hold me down right there. I already know. Y'all better stop playing. Don is a whole gunsmith, like a real official, full-fledged, whole-time gunsmith. That's what I'm talking about, Don. You know, I love, I love the strap. I love the strap. <laughs> so, yeah, and the funny thing about it was, uh, 
you know, the people on that thread weren't even the ones that were agreeing with you. Uh, and I was agreeing with you, but the simple fact that I called you sis, man, it got them triggered. I think they might be liberals deep down inside, you know? Uh, but, uh, but yeah, they didn't appreciate it, but I appreciate you having my back. And, you know, I've said it many times, you know, there ain't a person on this show that, uh, you know, and I mean, of course, Madison don't need no help, but uh, you're going to go after one of the other three. You're going to go through me first. Tell them, period. We run like a gang, a tribe. We a tribe, okay? We a tribe, period. We got each other back. But Madison do need help. He need mental help because he crazy. Mean people up knowing that they mean enough to be. <laughs> Madison is just crazy. I say he, he going to need help. That's the last time he going to do that. So it is what it is. But I, I know Jerome would have came back in. It's 9 15, Jerome. we about to end your show. <laughs> he said five minutes. That's the longest damn five minutes I've ever seen. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'm sure he's. Uh, doing good work what with whatever he's doing i know he's on some kind of interview so uh but you know i mean and to get back to uh you know the serious stuff jackie you're right um there's nothing in the world that is done by the elites or by the politicians without an ulterior motive and that ulterior motive uh, ain't good for us. And, and, you know, unfortunately there are people like that on both sides of the aisle. I mean, there are Republicans that would cut mine in your throat just as quick as Nancy Pelosi would. Um, you know, and as, as much as we sit back and say, uh, I wish they'd try, uh, it's a sad state of affairs because it's no longer a government, um, of the people for the people. Uh, and we need to get back to that. And that's why, you know, I mean, I could never run for office. I, you know, I, I'd get in too much trouble, but we need people like Jerome and people like Madison that are, uh, you know, just grassroots and, and in the trenches and for all the right reasons, you know, they want to make a difference. Um, and so, uh, you know, if you, if you are in Virginia, go out and vote for them, go out and support them. I'm in North Carolina. Uh, I can't do a whole lot, but, uh, you know, I, I, I try to support them both. They're both my brothers, uh, you know, and uh, I'll be there for them uh, anytime I can. Uh, I've actually traveled. Matter of fact, when I met Madison, uh, I had traveled to Virginia uh, to go to one of Jerome's campaign events. Uh, and that's where I met Madison for the first time. So, uh, you know, I, if I can drive three hours, three and a half hours, um, if y'all live in the area, get out there and support them because they're the future. And uh, they're, you, well, let me rephrase that. They are the bright future that we need rather than the dim future if we continue with what we got. Yes, I just, I was, I was reading a, a message from Jerome. 
Yeah, we can end on. We don't mind. We don't mind. We thank y'all for joining us. And I agree with what Don said. We do. that. This is why I never got out in front to run for a political office because, honey, I'm going to tell you what I think. And if you don't like it, too bad. And that's just on you. But I'm going to bust heads with facts. Okay? I'm, I I don't do a whole bunch of... I do get my opinion, but it's, it's always behind facts that I have researched, willing to present the facts, the resources, the way I did the research and what I think about that. So I, I usually just don't mouth off emotional rants without anything to back it up that I'm, you know, backing it from. So, um, but it's good that we do have people that are willing to go more of a, in an official public office way um, that, you know, can speak up for the people and try to help the people and all that. Because it is on both sides. I think Republicans and Democrats are two wings on the same bird, honey, because it's who is controlling the majority of that. It's who controls it. So even though we put good people there, it's the still corruption. Corruption, corruption, corruption is what's going on mainly through like funds and funding and stuff like that. And, and everybody knows Donald Trump exposed that. So... So, uh, Michael, thanks for coming in. Uh, appreciate you. Uh, everybody else, thanks for coming. Um, sorry it was an odd night without Madison and Jerome here, but I hope we held it down okay. Uh, had a little fun, talked about a little, you know, not so serious stuff, and hopefully hit some good points. Um, and you guys remember those things that we mentioned and go back and research them for yourself because that's the thing. You're not going to see it on the news. You're not going to see it mainstream, uh, you know, and your friends are not going to talk about it around the water bottle at work. So, uh, you know, get out there, research it and, uh, you know, feel out the people around you. And if you can talk to them about it and not be shunned, uh, educate them and have them go educate others. I mean, that's how it happens. Uh, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. So, you know, we need to take our, uh, take our time, figure out who we can, uh, who we can enlighten and, uh, bring them over to the right side. So y'all have a good evening. Uh, Terry, thank you. Appreciate it. Annie, uh, Emily, uh, I don't know how many other people were in here, but, uh, you know, I have talked to Rome about that jazz lounge thing. So once in a while, he lets me pick the lead in music. I usually choose Earth, Wind, and Fire, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll 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 see what he says. And uh, hope y'all have a good week. And we'll talk to you soon. Go ahead, Levita. Now I was doing that. So you like are you like Earth, Wind, and Fire? Okay, George. Okay, I see. <laughs> Okay, done, done, done. That's my homie, done. Look, y'all see, he's he, he's just an all-around homeboy. He's such a homeboy. Don is the homeboy. Don a plug and a homeboy. So yeah, if you got if you got gun questions, DM them to Don. He on point. Okay, we checking out though. We thank you everybody who thought we did a good job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Don definitely was a pleasure because we don't get to hear as much from him. And it was definitely a pleasure hearing from him. He just He's even cooler than what I thought. At first, I definitely learned some things, which is awesome. I would do this anytime with you, Don. You're awesome. You're awesome. So, right. I'm going to peace out. Hopefully, Jerome back there could click us off and win. Like...